Hi, I'm Kim Vu. Welcome to Vietnola, the show about being Vietnamese in New Orleans. Vietnola is our window into our Vietnamese community in New Orleans and a bridge to Vietnam. We're a member of the family of shows on the podcast network, itsneworleans.com. Xin chào quý vị. Đây là bài Vietnola, chương trình pháp hành về cộng đồng Việt Nam and New Orleans. Vietnola là một cánh cửa để nhìn vào cộng đồng New Orleans và một cảnh nối với quê hương. Vietnola là một số trình diễn trong chương trình pháp hành podcast itsneworleans.com. Today on the show, we'll have a conversation with our guests Kenny Nguyen and Vincent Tong. Kenny and Vincent are both officers of the Vietnamese American Student Association, or VASA, at the University of New Orleans. The organization's mission is to, quote, enlighten our members as well as the UNO student body and its surrounding communities about the rich Vietnamese culture and traditions, unquote. VASA also serves as a resource to new students, and they are active community organizers involving themselves in a variety of fundraising activities from bowling tournaments to bake sales for Typhoon Haiyan. Though created as an organization for those of Vietnamese descent, UNO, VSA, excuse me, VASA welcomes members of all ethnicities. Thank you guys for coming to the show. Thank you for having us. How are you guys today? All right, I'm very good. Thanks for, and I very much appreciate that you're stopping by just shortly before you're going to class. <laughs> no problem. Uh, can you both tell us your age, your position in the organization, and what those duties entail? Okay, my name is Kenny Wynn. I am 20 years old. I am the external vice president of UNO VASA. My role in, as external is to have communication with other VSAs in Asia, which are Tulane, Loyola, LSU, Xavier, and ourselves, you know, with ULL. Okay, so by Asia, you don't mean the continent. You mean... I mean the surrounding schools in the Louisiana around UNO. Okay. Asia is the Asian American Intercollegiate Student Association. We work with other VSAs and try to help strengthen our bonds by spreading more awareness for our communities as a whole. Across the nation or just in the Gulf South? Just in the Gulf Coast. Okay. And the actual kind of day-to-day um, of that position, what does that entail? Mm, I like to uh, check up on my schools as well as to see what kind of activities they're doing to see if we could correlate or correspond with them to help um, in any way possible. If there's any events that they need help with, with more members that they need with, we always support and just try to help them out in any way possible. Okay, and you, Vincent? Uh, I'm Vincent Tong. I am a sophomore. I'm 19, and I'm treasurer for UNO VASA. My job uh, as treasurer, I, I, I'm in charge of uh, keeping UNO VASA's funds in check and making sure we always have uh, money so that we can throw off some of the events we do every year. Mm-hmm. Um, my job, I'm also in charge of all fundraisers that we do, either for ourselves or for the charities that we're supporting throughout the year. Okay. How often do you guys do chari- charity work? Um, we do it pretty often. Uh, this year, uh, we're already doing. Uh, we already did a few. Uh, we have going on uh, for the typhoon hit in Haiyan. Mm-hmm. Um, every year, um, Asia picks a charity support, and this year is One by Village that we're supporting. And uh, what they're doing is that in uh, Southeastern Asian countries, they're uh, trying to raise awareness for um, human trafficking in that mm-hmm. area. And uh, what we're doing is uh, raising money throughout the year for them. Great. And the funds go to what? Uh, we go towards Asia. Um, goes towards um, 
raising awareness for them. Mm-hmm. So promotional activities and also, I'm guessing, some direct service yes. stuff. Over. Right. All these funds go to this um, nonprofit organization. And it's not just us as Asia. It's the whole nation as a whole. Nation as in the North American Association of BSAs. Mm-hmm. They meet yearly, annually, and they together as a conference, they get together and decide which charity they would like to vote and uh, support throughout the whole year to raise funds for, which they see would be a more charitable cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, other than the charitable work, what else does the organization do? We like to uh, specialize in affecting the community more directly, as in like we like to go to maybe the local churches or local Vietnamese communities to see if they have any um, local events that they need help with. And mm-hmm. we also like to try to get with the older generations to kind of show that this young generation still has involvement and they still want to learn more about their history and be more involved with their culture as well. Now, give me a give me a nuts and bolts example of what what that's like. Like you find someone's uncle or you just go to someone in the market and talk to them and ask them what, what how, how does that break down? Uh, we have connections to past um, members of our organization and usually through those um, connections we are able to find um, work we can do to help out. Um, we're, we're, we are connected to already a lot of organizations that are already doing um, charity work and helping out and through them we find opportunities that we can help out as well. Like what organizations? Um, organizations, other schools, um, their BSAs and um, maybe like not not so much a school organization, but like maybe like Vela. Um, we mm-hmm. uh, find opportunities through them that we could help out a community. Mm-hmm. And I take it you meet regularly and have social events, or uh, we do have uh, we um, we keep connected through uh, Facebook or social media or email. Um, we always keep connected. Um, and we uh, meet up um, to maybe discuss the um, details of what we could do to help. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you mean on campus as well, correct? In person? Um, uh, within the organization, yes. Uh, we try to have monthly meetings to uh, inform our members of upcoming events or any volunteer work that may be coming up. Just recently, um, UNO Vasa participated with uh, Xavier's VSA and we did the Habitat for Humanity mm. and volunteers uh, came out and supported them and built, helped build uh, a house for uh, the Habitat for Humanity. Cool. So it sounds like, Kenny, from your past, you are frequently involved in student organizations. That's correct. But for Vincent, it sounds like the opposite was true. <laughs> uh, what, what drew you to become more involved in something that's you know, not just any organization, but also pretty precise in targeting the group, uh, you know, being Vietnamese American. I mean, it's it's like he kind of went, you know, whole hog. He went 100 mm-hmm. percent on picking a student organization. Can you talk to us about like that process and what you're going through that made you want to get more involved in this? Uh, I'll be honest. Well, at first, uh, when I started college, I didn't know, you know, all the organizations, all the school clubs that um, I could be a part of. Um, But when I found VASA, uh, it kind of gave me a place to be, you know, be with uh, people who have similar, like, background as me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I wasn't so much as involved, but I did go to all their events to see what they're really about. 
And uh, when I saw that Vasa was more about like helping those in need, um, I, I, I like that part of that and I want to be a part of making that happen. So that's how I became more involved with Vasa. Mm-hmm. So I think Kenny said you were from Homer. Yes, that's correct. And Vincent, you are from Destrehan. Yes. Not huge uh, centers of Vietnamese American, of the Vietnamese American communities here in New Orleans, correct? That's right. Okay. (laughs) You go to UNO and you choose to socialize and do extracurricular activities with Vietnamese Americans. How did that feel going from probably being you know one of the few asians let alone vietnamese in your high school to going to college and joining up with a group of young vietnamese americans yeah growing up in destran um there wasn't that many vietnamese or any asian um uh population whatsoever really um so coming to you know and getting to see all this i see it more of as a great yeah it's a great opportunity (laughs) to meet a lot of people um like, growing up in high school, I, I didn't have that many Vietnamese friends, so, like, coming here, like, me, all like, these Vietnamese Your parents people. are weird, too, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> like, your parents are super strict, too. Yeah, yeah it feels great. So, something along those lines. Your parents lines. want you to be a doctor, too, you know, but... <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very different when you come to a school and you just see more Asian people on campus. Yes. It's like, we're not alone. <laughs> right, right, right. It's a great feeling. It's great uh, to see that, um... When I went to Berkeley, I I had a similar feeling, except to another level. I'm like, oh my gosh, there are so many punk rock Asians. This is so cool. I love this school. So I I can relate to that that sentiment of feeling like you're not such an oddball anymore. To what extent do cultural activities play a a part of the activities you guys do? It sounds like there's a lot of charity work, but how often do you... Or maybe do you do things for that, and do you have do you host things for the Vietnamese New Year and stuff like that? In the beginning of the year, our um, organization put on an event called Paper Lantern Night, uh-huh. um, centralizing around the Mid Autumn Moon Festival or Tet Chung Tu, and we it's an open event, free admission to everyone on campus, and we even invite our uh, sort of surrounding schools and VSAs to come out and check out our event. It's a event to promote our cultural awareness and as well to kind of get let people know those who don't know what that chung to is to let them know what kind of holiday and our cultural traditions that we do mm-hmm. and we also have uh, entertainment like this year we had the lion dance and um fan dances as well choreographed by like our own students oh cool very cool and you know your second generation maybe i'm guessing where are you getting the guidance to, uh, especially coming from the communities that you came from, where are you getting the guidance to host these activities? Um, there, you know, I mean, I had to go to like a Buddhist kids boot camp to know what that yeah. Chung Tu was, you know? And then I also grew up in Southern California, which has a quarter of a million Vietnamese Americans. But I mean, y'all are like pioneers trying to host these things uh, most of my influences uh, through my parents and um, other than that um, I've, I've been going to a Buddhist temple um, pretty much my whole life um, so you would drive in from Destrehan or something yeah that, that that really taught me a lot more about my culture um, other than those uh, we do like I, I since I come from Destrehan there's not that many Vietnamese um, cultural 
awareness there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really hard for me. So I'm mean, coming here. It's a lot more learning. Um, mm-hmm. A lot. I learned a lot through um, this organization, mm-hmm. um, and I use that to. Um, well, we all use that to kind of pull off events such as Paper Layer Night. Mm-hmm. And you talk about in your mission statement that it's not just to keep you know traditions alive with young Vietnamese, but also to share them, and that you also accept. Uh, non-Vietnamese Americans into the organization and I saw from your Facebook pictures you actually do have some <laughs> Caucasians in the group what do you think their interest in that organization is rooted in I mean are they dating someone of Vietnamese descent or or trying to date someone <laughs> of Vietnamese descent some people just have the uh, natural curiosity and then some people are just very interested in our culture those who study in international studies oh interesting mm-hmm. yes they're they're very like they're drawn into the things that we do and the performances we put on and they find ways to get involved with us in future events as well mm-hmm. so both of you are very much culture drove both of you in a large way to join the organization. Yes. But neither of you have spent any time in Vietnam. <laughs> Unfortunately not. Is that is that a goal in the future? Um, I've, I've never actually been out the country at all. So, um, yes, if I were to go to a country, I think Vietnam would be a good, great experience. Um, I haven't had the opportunity, but uh, it's uh, it's on my bucket list. Uh, uh-huh. It's one of the things I want to do in my life. Yeah, well, it's it's easier and easier to do these days. So I would encourage you both to go have your parents gone back oh yeah they've gone back in fact my sisters have gone back but the boys had to stay home at one time (laughs) (laughs) that's not fair that's actually pretty opposite of Vietnamese families usually the boys get to do everything fun huh nope the boys have to stay home and work (laughs) (laughs) do you think that you foresee maybe a field trip with maybe a couple of the VSAs or something to raise money and and go to Vietnam and maybe do some charity work there it is a possibility in the future that Asia may set something up like that for an opportunity for people to go back to Vietnam and see what it's like over there Mm -hmm. and the opportunity that our parents had when they came over here to America yeah a wake-up call maybe Mm -hmm. of how we're pretty lucky and your folks so they regularly go back you haven't and but you want to it's in the future right yes okay um, are you prepared to see the difference between what the Vietnamese culture that you've grown up with and have worked to you know, share with others and what it's like in Vietnam and what it's become from your parents' generation to now? Um, I always hear stories um, from my friends who do go back to Vietnam and come back. Um, so I guess I do have some of a picture in my mind, but you know, that's not to say, like, if I do, I won't, wouldn't be surprised. Um, if I were to go, I think there'd be, a, it'd make a huge difference in the way I saw things, just because I've never been there, and mm-hmm. I never really had the chance to um, really see what it's like down there. Your parents from north, south, or the central region? Uh, southern. And yours? Southern as southern. well. Two southerners. <laughs> I want to I ask specifically about the events that you're doing for the typhoon. But before we get to there, I want to get into our segment, Vietiquette, where we explore the quirks and charm of, and culture and etiquette, both here in Vietnamese New Orleans and in Vietnam. So the, the things that both of you raise, I think, are, are make me smile because I can I can definitely relate. 
the shoes thing. <laughs> Vincent, <laughs> start off with that. Um, yeah, um, growing up, my parents, you know, I think a lot of um, Asian um, Americans can relate to this, how we kind of have an unspoken rule about taking shoes off in the house when we're entering a stranger's house. Mm-hmm. Um, so growing up, my parents taught me that um, was like, proper etiquette for Vietnamese uh, families. Mm-hmm. So when I would go to my friend's house and do that, they'd be like, they would wonder what I was doing. <laughs> so, I've had the same experience. <laughs> totally do it like, you know, a yeah. reflex. And then they're like, you're barefooted in my house. <laughs> kind of looking at you. It's like two opposite things. And um, <laughs> you're the only barefooted person at my house right now. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely felt that thing. But I'll tell you what. New Orleans is very dirty. I love New Orleans, but the streets are dirty. And so my floors stay cleaner when people take their shoes off. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And Kenny, you talked about how a lot of Vietnamese words are spelled the same, but with different meanings. So do you read read and write Vietnamese, both of you? When I was in school, I used to. But, you know, as you don't get to practice as much, it kind of slips away from you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the same for me. What do you mean when you were in school? Did you go to Vietnamese lessons? Yes, uh, in my community. Where we... in Destrian? No, not Destrian. In Homa. In Homa, you had Vietnamese lessons in Homa. Yes, uh, around the church there are a few uh, community leaders in there, and they usually set up something in the summer for children to kind of come to school and learn, you know, the Vietnamese uh, writing and language and stuff for the kids. That's pretty amazing. I mean, what is the population of the Vietnamese community in Homa? What is your guess? It's actually surprising. There is a community down there. I'd say... A couple hundred? A couple or, hundred. Right. There, There is a, a decent community there. So how many kids would be in this class in the summer? In my class, in just one grade level, there were about 20 kids in there. Hey, that's, you know... <laughs> That's not bad. And that's actually says a lot, I think, about the parents' determination to have their kids continually reading and writing. And, and you? Um, yes. Um, well, I first learned the language and reading and writing through my parents. But um, as you know, I got older. Um, they had to work more. So how I would learn it is um, the Buddhist temple I would go to every weekend. Um, that's how I would learn it. But um that that area wasn't exactly close to my house, maybe like 50 minutes drive uh, mm-hmm. from my house. So as time grew on, you know, it kind of got hard to continually go. What, so, where, what, um, which Buddhist temple is this? Uh, it's the Van Han Buddhist temple. Um, it's located on Chef Mentor Highway. Right. And so how long of a drive is that from Destrehan? Uh, I'd, I'd say about like 50 minutes. Okay. Yeah. I guess mentally Destrehan seems so far away but yeah. really it's only like maybe what <laughs> 20 miles or something yeah interesting yeah and that's i think it's the largest temple in the new orleans area no um I, well i don't know about that i, I don't know how it compares to other but uh, i feel like it's uh it's it, it, when i went there it's pretty large um mm-hmm. and they have a lot of the class size maybe about uh when i went maybe around 30 uh 20 30 mm-hmm. yeah. And for me as well, the way I learned to read and write was originally by going, getting sent to first a Catholic school that had um, Sunday Vietnamese lessons and then a Buddhist temple. Um, and then in college, I actually went to Vietnam and learned to read and write or re- relearned how to read and write um, as well. But yeah, it was a little annoying to see that a lot of words were the same. <laughs> 
It's a small vocabulary, which makes it easy, but can also make you sound really silly, especially if you use the different accent. Just one simple can turn a word into something completely different. Oh, I had a, I had a friend who was vegetarian, and she said, how, how do you say I'm vegetarian? And I said, you know, toy an jai, right? I eat vegetarian. She said, oh, okay, so toy an cha. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> you just said you eat dogs. So... <laughs> So it is a very accent-heavy language. At VSA, you know, 20-year-olds, 18-year-olds, do you speak Vietnamese amongst yourselves? We tried to, like, it would be just kind of a short, choppy, common talk. But as far as holding a full conversation, that becomes a little more difficult and it's not very common you see on campus. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, you know, I applaud you for trying. <laughs> Um, so can you guys talk a little bit about what you're doing for uh, the her, for the typhoon? I, um, well, recently when we heard about it, uh, we have um, on campus we have bake sales usually to fund um, raise money for our organization to throw off events throughout the year. Mm-hmm. But um, when we heard about the typhoon, we decided to direct those um, funds towards um, their um, their support to support them. Um, that uh, our bake sales this year, we're kind of going for more Vietnamese style dishes um, to help raise more money, maybe like get more in, people interested in our organization. Mm-hmm. But uh, as for the Typhoon Haiyan, uh, we did a bake sale for them, and we actually raised a lot more money. Even though it was last minute um, change into um, to supporting them with the bake sale, we actually raised a lot more money than we usually do at our bake sales. Um, we are also um, helping them with um, there's a donations for uh, like clothing anything mm-hmm. we could get to help them out uh, and which organization do you work with to get it over there um that organization um that organization it would go straight to asia and which then who then picks up right we collect it uh we're the central for everybody all the vsas to kind of donate all those goods and non-perishable foods and everything uh-huh. and with us we also have a connection to the filipino community in the New Orleans area as well. And so we just deliver all those goods and those okay. funds to them. Directly. And what organizations do do they have in the New Orleans area? Asia has actually been recently like uh, re-entered the organization called APAS, which is uh, uh-huh. all Asian Pacific uh, regions. Uh-huh. So we've come accustomed to the Philippines. Um, we've seen, I believe, like the Japanese and... Chinese, there, there's all kinds of culture and heritages around the New Orleans area, and it's a very large community. We're just now getting like back into it, so we could be more involved with, especially the older generation, and they're trying to help us steer us that way into getting more accustomed to what we need to do and look as adults to try to be what our parents left behind for us. Mm-hmm. And does the Filipino community have kind of a central area where there are shops and stuff like that or groceries? I'm not too familiar with yeah. the actual community itself. Right, I have either. friends, but... Right. I, I don't know of any you know, New Orleans East like we have um, for the Filipino community, but I thought maybe two of you would be aware. Right. Not that I know <laughs> of. Do you want to share with anyone any dates of things that people can attend and also let everyone know uh, your Facebook and Twitter and, you know, Instagram and everything, all that stuff that I don't know how to use? 
Well, um, coming up, we're actually in the thought process of coming up for a uh, video campaign for Typhoon Relief. Asia will be most likely putting distributing this media on our YouTube page. Uh, if you subscribe to us, we're Asia TV. If not, you can find it. Most can you spell it for everyone? It's A-A-S-I-A TV. Mm-hmm. TV. And we usually just... Um, we're probably coming up with a project to sort of distribute to the other schools and sort of get them to support and help our cause. And whatever funds we raise, we're most likely just giving it directly to the Philippine and uh, relief funds for them. Great. Thank you. And uh, you also have a Facebook page, correct? That's correct. Uh, <laughs> Facebook.com slash UNO FASA. Okay. And we also have our... Uh, website? Website? Uh, not directly but we all have our asia website which okay. is also on there too and twitter uh we don't use twitter but we do have an instagram um okay. if people want to see the um, photos of what we do out throughout the year it's um on, on instagram it's going to be you novasa okay great and that's v-a-s-a uh yes great well that's vietnola for today thank you so much for joining us at home at work on your phone wherever you are and whatever you're doing and a special thanks to today's guest kenny nguyen and Vincent Tong. Thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Our show is produced by Kim Vu and Grant Morris. Our technical director is Chris Keo. Our web guru is Dr. Cliff Brigden. Our theme song was composed by Taylor Smith and performed by the Swamp Lilies. The fabulous audio quality of the show is brought to you in part by PreSonus Audio Electronics. PreSonus makes some of the best audio recording and live sound products, including Studio One music production software, Studio Live digital mixing consoles, Air Studio monitors, and much more. Visit www.presonus.com for more information. You can follow us on Twitter at itsneworleans.com. You can like us on Facebook. We're at It's New Orleans, and you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. You can listen to our other Vietnola shows on our website, itsneworleans.com, as well as our other shows, Happy Hour, Out to Lunch, Mindset, True to the Game, Midnight, and Midnight Menu Plus One. Keep up with all kinds of fun happenings here at Vietnola by getting on our web mailing list. Sign up on our website, itsneworleans.com. Vietnola was recorded today in the lovely city of New Orleans. If you'd like to be a guest on Vietnola, we'd love to have you. Drop us a line. You'll find all the information on our website. Vietnola is produced by INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For everyone here at Vietnola, thanks for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you back here next week for our next episode of Vietnola. Until then, I'm Kim Vu. Bye now. Okay, my to-do list. One, start a to-do list. Check. Two, finish the first thing on my to-do list. Killing it. Three, treat myself at JCPenney. Yes! They're back to school. You're back to you. Hurry in Thursday to Sunday for the Reset and Reconnect sale. Get 50% off select St. John's Bay for him and her. Plus, select women's denim for $19.99. Get an extra 25% off with your JCPenney credit card and coupon. Find it in the app wallet. JCPenney. Offers valid 822 to 825. Credit offer subject to credit approval. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details.